Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. If you have leaky gut, if you have intestinal permeability, yeah, dairy is going to bother you. Mm -hmm. And so are most other foods because Mm -hmm. your gut is not a sealed off environment from your body. It's leaking into your bloodstream and causing all sorts of issues. So yeah, dairy is going to cause issues if that's your the state of your body. Mm-hmm. So it's always just so important to dive into that and just be like, well, what what kind of what are what are we dealing with here? Mm-hmm. Because just saying point blank, dairy causes mucus. Um, no, it doesn't mm-hmm. unless you are having a compromised issue in your mm-hmm. system. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Annika, welcome to Sheep. Hi, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. I am truly honored to be here. Oh, well, I am honored to have you as well. This is a topic I love talking about, and I just yes. I love what you do. So I'm like, okay, we have oh. to get on a call the show. So I'm glad that you're here. But before Thank we you. jump in, can you just share a little of your background, what you do, and a little bit of your health journey too, as we start talking about this topic? Yeah, absolutely. So my official title and training is that I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. So all things health, all things women's health. I'm also trained as a doula. I haven't Hmm. quite decided if I'm going to go in that direction, but overall, I'm just incredibly passionate about women's health. And my whole mission is to just help teach women how to get back to the way God designed for us Mm -hmm. to eat and live in all areas. Mm -hmm. So obviously nutrition is like my focus, but Mm -hmm. as you know, there's so much on lifestyle Mm -hmm. and stress and environment and toxins and all of that stuff. So I just like to always take it from the angle of how did God design this for us? Mm-hmm. And just going back to that is always so much more simple than we think and yeah. so much more powerful than we think too. Yeah. So I love it. that is kind of my philosophy. But as far as my journey, oh man, <laughs> I have struggled with health issues as long as I can remember. I do have endometriosis mm-hmm. and got that when I went through puberty and got my first period. My first period was incredibly painful and I was like, wow, what is this? So that's kind of traumatic. To, like starting a period oh, as, a, as a young girl no. is already kind of traumatic. And then when it's painful, I'm like, oh my gosh. Right? Uh. Right. You're always here, like, oh, you know, you're going to have cramps, but I was mm-hmm. not expecting to feel like I got shot in the abdomen, mm-hmm. you know? So that's just been a huge part of my journey. But because of that, I've dealt with almost every single symptom you can imagine. Mm-hmm. So gut issues, hair loss, weight fluctuation. One of the most painful ones, and I know you can totally relate to this, is the acne Mm -hmm. um, and the skin issues and just how painful that is on every level, especially as an adult woman, when you Mm want to feel like beautiful and confident in your skin and you feel like that just takes it away from you. Yeah, It's so painful. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so I've just been through all of that. And then my journey though with endometriosis and all these problems has led me to uh, what we call the pro-metabolic space. And I know we're going to dive into that in a second, Mm -hmm. but Basically, again, I just like to call that 
what it's just getting back to the way God designed us to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all about deconstructing diet culture and big food and all these weird things Mm -hmm. and just get back to what the Lord had in mind for us when he created us as women and when he created our food and all that stuff. It's so good. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit of that because I think a lot of us can relate whether it's to, you know, struggles with our skin or painful periods and endometriosis or some other chronic, chronic, you know, illness or challenge. I think Mm -hmm. um, I actually was diagnosed with endometriosis about a year or two ago um, and it was pretty mild. Like I never really had crazy kind of pain from it. So it was one of those silent endometriosis type things. Um, So I remember feeling like, well, do I want to do surgery on this? And I really focused on lifestyle to just support it because it just wasn't severe enough to justify going in and like cutting out. But at the same time, it really like was eye opening for me to be like, oh my gosh, this could really get worse. Like it get out of hand. So what can I do to support uh-huh. this naturally, you know, where I'm at? So anyway, just Absolutely. I think a lot of women can relate to that, whether it's endometriosis, PCOS or something else, you know, I think we all have oh, in one sure. way or another had some sort of chronic health struggle, you know, whether it's chronic acne right? or and it's like too bad, you know, I'm like, this is so sad that this is like oh, the world that we live in. And it's like, we almost like you said, we have to get back to how did God intend us to eat and live because so much of I think our culture and our society has become so convenience oriented and like, you know, quick and convenient that we don't even like realize that that's not actually normal. Like that's not actually like how we're designed to eat and live. So I love that you kind of focus on this approach. So perfectly. That's like my biggest soapbox is (laughs) it's not going to be particularly easy in Mm -hmm. every way, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really meant to be Mm -hmm. food and lifestyle is something that's meant to be so intentional Mm -hmm. and God created that feminine nurturing and intentionality in us for a reason. And so losing sight of that can be so harmful. And I just think you phrased that perfectly. Yeah, it's so true. Okay, so we've done a few episodes on this, but for listeners who may not be familiar, can you just give a brief explanation of what the metabolism is and really what it looks like to pursue a lifestyle and a way of eating that supports that metabolism? And why is that important? Yeah, yeah, great question. So the metabolism basically is, and I know we all we all kind of know it is like you either have a slow or fast metabolism, mm-hmm. and that's all we know about it, right? But basically, it's just the word that we use to describe all of the chemical processes that occur within the body in order to maintain life. So mm-hmm. the most basic example is digestion, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the process, it's a metabolic process of breaking down and absorbing nutrients, which is obviously a critical part of sustaining life. Mm-hmm. So the idea behind supporting your metabolism or eating pro-metabolic is really simple. It's just the effort to speed up and improve the quality of all those processes that are happening within your body. And all these little things are what determine your overall health. Mm-hmm. So you're really trying to just speed up those processes. And don't forget that there's hundreds of thousands of them going on in your body all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So the goal is simply just to repeatedly provide the most nutrient-dense foods that are the easiest for the body to digest and absorb in order to best support those processes. So that's why we focus on digestibility of foods mm-hmm. over anything else. Mm, like how and when you say digestibility, do you mean like what our stomachs and our bodies are best able to not yes. only digest but also get like the most bioavailable forms of food to where our body Absolutely. can actually use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bioavailable is the word. And just to do a little dive on that real quick, diet culture has had us pounded into our head that we're supposed to eat all these like like green vegetables mm-hmm. and cruciferous vegetables and nuts mm-hmm. and seeds and remove the dairy and mm-hmm. remove all this stuff and replace it with these really difficult to digest foods. Mm-hmm. So again, my whole thing is going back to what did God create? What did he designed for us to eat Mm -hmm. in larger amounts. Mm -hmm. And it's always foods that are easier to digest. 
So it's always fruits. It's always the starchier vegetables like potatoes. Mm -hmm. It's meat. Mm -hmm. It's animal proteins. It's eggs. It's dairy. All of that stuff that's just so fueling and nutrient dense to our bodies. And our bodies have to do the least amount of work to break it down to get the nutrients out of that, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yep. Yep. So good. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where I think people can push back on because they're like, well, God also made like cruciferous vegetables. It's like, yes, true. But (laughs) I think it's helpful to understand like, it's not that you shouldn't eat those, just eating those in large, large quantities like diet culture has pushed. It's like, that's really what most animals need to be eating, you know, like maybe explain the difference between that too. Exactly. And something so interesting about this that I learned not too long ago is that most cruciferous vegetables that we're used to eating, like cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, they're actually all bred from the mustard plant. Hmm. So they're actually like a human creation. Interesting. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I just yeah. recently learned that. <laughs> My yeah. brain is so exploding. Like, <laughs> I, know. I know. So it's kind of like, wow. I mean, I agree. I, I mean, Every once in a while, we want to have some Brussels sprouts or broccoli or something, right? Mm -hmm. It's good Mm -hmm. when it's oven roasted with cheese and all the Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. But it's just exactly what you said. It's We all, I'm sure, have gone through a time where we thought that that should be the bulk of our diet. Mm -hmm. And I did that and I got incredibly ill from it. Mm -hmm. And so it really did teach me wow, we aren't designed to consume this in large quantity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. Okay, so you've said that as a society, we're eating more than ever, but we're starving on a cellular level, Mm -hmm. which is like such a fascinating statement and so true. So can you (laughs) dig into what you mean by that? Yeah. And what are hyperpalatable foods and how are they contributing to this this issue? Yes, I, I love talking about this. So the thing that we're currently experiencing for society as a whole right now is that we're eating the largest quantity of food we have ever eaten. And when I say that, I mean, you know, think of kind of the standard American diet, right? It's filled with like fast food. It's filled with prepackaged foods from the grocery store. It's mm-hmm. filled with really caloric rich foods that are highly, highly lacking in nutrients. Mm-hmm. So we're eating a large amount. We mm-hmm. don't feel hungry, but our cells are starving because the the food is so devoid of nutrients. Mm-hmm. So where this comes in with what you brought up, hyperpalatable foods. So hyper is excessive and palatable is appetizing. Mm. So we're being pumped with these excessively appetizing foods because they're filled with additives. And these additives are very addicting Mm. and they make food taste better. And Mm. they do this on purpose because that increases our consumption and we keep buying and buying and buying these foods. Mm -hmm. And they are literally foods that like hit this sweet spot in our mouth and in our brain and immediately tell us to have more, even if we're Mm. full. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of scary, right? Because it's cutting off our natural hunger signals Mm -hmm. and our natural um, appetite response and all these natural processes with these chemicals that are in our food that make them more addictive. And one thing I always like to kind of bring up as a question, and just I think this is kind of an interesting idea, is these foods have so many additives and they're so low in quality and they're fake. Mm -hmm. How can they even be defined as a food, right? Mm -hmm. Because technically a drug is defined as like a medicine or a substance that has a psychological effect when it's ingested. So if these foods, quote unquote, (laughs) contain these substances, right, they're they're filled with these substances. Mm. Can we even really call it food? Or is it a drug? You know, Mm -hmm. that's always just something I find so fascinating to think about. Yeah. Wow. That's an eye-opening perspective. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's true, but it's scary. Yeah. Well, and and so much that is sold to us as food isn't really food in the sense that it's not actually nourishing it's filling maybe but it's just kind of like it's yeah that's yes and as you know with 
your health journey and mm-hmm. looking more into ingredients with skincare and food and all the things, mm-hmm. when you walk down the aisles of a conventional grocery store and turn over packages, you can't recognize 90% mm-hmm. of the ingredients listed on mm-hmm. a food, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. scary. That that freaks me out. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's so true. Okay. Speaking of that, like this whole concept of like, what is actually food versus like, maybe what isn't? Because yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Can you share some examples of real versus fake food? For example, like, you know, ingredients you would find in maybe like a more processed cheese versus real cheese or something like that. Yes. Okay. So my favorite example for this is, have you heard of Just Egg? That like vegan egg brand? I think I have. Okay. So but so not vegan. Comes, so I don't really look into the vegan stuff. Oh much. yeah, right. I know, me either. I just saw this product on a billboard and I was like, mm. what is this? Mm. So it looks like a mustard bottle that you would okay. squeeze out and it's in like a liquid form and it's called just egg. Now I'm Googling. And it, it is a vegan <laughs> egg replacement. Okay. Oh, wait, yes, I have seen this. Okay, okay. Yes, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's terrifying. So I'm like, okay, I gotta look up the ingredients on this. Mm-hmm. So the main ingredients are like mung bean protein isolate. Canola oil is the third ingredient. And then there's all this other stuff. There's gums, there's fillers, there's flavors, there's coloring, there's preservatives, there's all this stuff in there. And it's just like, what are we doing? My brain God created. I'm literally looking at their website. And no, I'm not kidding you. It literally says, and this isn't like a knock on vegan. It's just this product specifically says really good recipes, really good for you. What? And then and it's literally like primarily canola oil and then really good <laughs> eggs. No, this is my favorite part. Really good eggs from plants. Like plants don't make eggs. <laughs> my brain is like hurting looking at this. Oh my gosh. No. And this is what makes me so frustrated is because yeah. to me, this is trying to take God out of uh-huh. a process that he mm. distinctly created. Like mm. he, God's not God is not dumb. He did what he (laughs) did for a reason, you know? And so taking him out of these biologically normal events, Mm. it's it's scary to me. um, Because selling the myth that this is a health food. This is healthy. Right. Yes. And the marketing and the wording. And I mean, if you read that, what you just read to us, which we're like, holy cow, this is scary, right? Mm -hmm. We know this is so fake. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know, it's so easy to see how you could fall for that. And it's just, it's scary, the manipulation that can occur. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when God created such a perfect food, the egg, which is one of truly the most nutrient-dense foods you could eat, and we're replacing it with this yeah. concoction of chemicals and preservatives and flavorings and all that all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah that's always my favorite example because it's so mind-blowing. You know, right. we've seen the dairy alternatives, we've seen the all the alternatives, but then you see egg alternative and you're Mm -hmm. like how does this exist (laughs) yeah and they have a whole section on their website that's literally about how this is so much healthier for you and Uh like you're not even but but you can't find their ingredients Uh very easily on here that's the irony no so i'm like this is is such a myth like so many people are being deceived it's honestly kind of frustrating yes and 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 we can we can also speak to the argument of like yes conventionally raised eggs and things like that absolutely Absolutely. can have major health concerns too so like we're not discounting that reality but truly like good eggs you know um that's what i I just my brain is just like holy cow okay thank you for that example (laughs) but that's just like one of many things though the beyond meat like so but not even not even the vegan stuff because i'm not trying to pick on vegans here but also so many of the like just quote-unquote foods that are sold in like the more processed sections of the grocery store 
mm-hmm. aren't necessarily food either. They're made up of, like you said, a lot of fillers, a lot of additives, a lot of, like yep. even a lot of the nut milks are just full of gums. Like oh. it's full of stuff that isn't actually, wasn't ever designed to be food or are man-made like ingredients yes. to make a product, you know, have a longer shelf exactly. life or to make it feel yes. more creamy, but it's not actually got uh-huh. any kind of nutrient quality to it or much no. nutrient quality to it. No. And the thing that's really frustrating to me about it too, is that because it's so addictive and it's so enhanced, uh-huh. when you switch to eating food, that's just normal, which to me is delicious. And to you is delicious because we've been eating this way for a while mm-hmm. for people transitioning. It makes it harder on them because mm-hmm. they're so used to this, like insanely pleasuring yeah. experience. Yeah. And food should be pleasurable. And right. I love eating food. You yeah. know, I, I'm super happy with the way I eat. I'm sure you are too, mm-hmm. but that it can make that initial adjustment just so difficult. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, I want to bring in another quote from you, something else that you've said. Yeah. You said, loving what you eat is required if you want to be well-nourished. So this is mm-hmm. so aligned with what you're talking about right now. Like you want mm-hmm. to enjoy the food. It's not meant to be like a punishment, but it can be hard to adjust when yes. you're used to this like really overly flavored, you know, fake type food. Uh-huh. So can we dig into that a little bit more? Like this idea of like, if you want to be well-nourished, you want to love what you eat. How do we do that? Especially if someone's trying to make that transition from some of this quote unquote food that isn't really food and is just really overly filling and like overly palatable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this can kind of have two aspects to it. So this can be from what you just said, the standpoint of eating the super hyper palatable food that we are used to buying at grocery stores and eating at restaurants. Mm -hmm. And it can also come from the perspective of diet culture, right? Mm -hmm. So we have this drilled into our brains and you probably remember this from childhood too. We would see our moms buy those magazines or see them at the grocery stores that are like 40 salads for your summer diet. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I don't want to eat salads yeah. all, for the okay. rest of my life. A good like you know? peach summer salad now and then is great, but like just it's living great. on salad is not. But living not on salads, great. which no, and yeah. that's kind of what you think you have to do yeah. when oh, you yeah. start thinking no, about that. Literally, dieting, right? I remember when I first started my health journey like three or four years ago. And I was starting, you know, I was going through recurrent miscarriage and I was like, what the heck? I'm pretty healthy. I work mm. out and I eat salads. Like, that's what I thought the picture yes. of health was. You know yes. what I mean? Like, yes. And the more I've learned what you thought it was. Yeah. The more I'm like, oh, that's what like culture says is healthy. And sure, like it's good to move your body. Sure. It's good to get some veggies. Oh, yeah. in. But like making that the picture of health, there was so many like I had so many nutrient like deficiencies and so many things. So, yes. yeah. Yes. And then so, yeah, you just nailed it. The nutrient deficiency. Mm-hmm. But what it, you're just never satisfied. You're never, Mm -hmm. you're never full. Mm -hmm. And so much of what is promoted with diet culture is like lean chicken breasts and brown rice Mm -hmm. and broccoli and salads and all that stuff, you know? So my biggest point here with this quote is that that is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. You can't eat this bland, boring food that you hate Mm -hmm. for your whole life. And I mean, you, I guess you could, you would just be really miserable. And a lot of people don't really have the willpower to do that. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening is then you start to binge. So this diet is so lacking in pleasure and lacking in enjoyment and fulfillment that you start to binge and you develop Mm -hmm. these other unhealthy habits. But what's also really fascinating to me is that when you do love the food that you're eating and you're enjoying it, you actually digest your food better and you absorb more of the nutrients from your food. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've always been told like, ignore your cravings, ignore your cravings. Mm -hmm. And they've gotten to such this bad reputation of like sugar cravings, carb cravings, blah, blah, blah. But that's actually just your body trying to tell you what you need and what is important. Like one of my favorite examples is on my intake questionnaire for my clients, one of the questions is, do you crave chocolate? Mm -hmm. And 
a lot of women say yes. And that's actually a direct link to needing magnesium. Mm. So God designed our bodies in such an intelligent way. If we're craving something, it's for a reason. Mm -hmm. It might be a misled craving if we're craving junk food when we're dieting, but we're probably just craving nutrition. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest things I've noticed from transitioning to this pro-metabolic diet and truly loving the food that I get to eat every day for the first time in my life is I don't have those cravings anymore Mm -hmm. because I'm actually satisfied. I'm filled up and my cells are getting nutrition. Mm -hmm. So... And then another benefit too is when your meals are good and you feel satisfied, you don't overeat mm-hmm. because you're satisfied. So, you know, if you're eating a salad, how how many of us ate a salad for dinner and we were like, I'm good, I'm fine. And then we binge on ice cream five hours later, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yep. So yeah, that's what I just love about it is I'm like, it's, God designed this whole process very intentionally mm-hmm. and him designing us to enjoy our food is a huge, huge part of life. Mm-hmm. And Another thing I like to bring into it is that was a huge part of Jesus's ministry, Mm -hmm. right? Like so many of his most amazing moments happened around food, around the table Mm -hmm. or involving a miracle with food. Yeah. So So yeah, it's, yeah. Well, and that's a really, I think, important perspective too, because, you know, I think while we can be, I think ultimately this takes a little bit of awareness because we live in such a, a society of quick and convenient. It's like, this isn't complicated. Mm -hmm. This is actually very simple. But mm-hmm. we have to unlearn a lot that we've just kind of yes. that we've just kind of known to be the norm, you know. And it's like if you actually Absolutely. go back to the basics and go back to God's design, it's like, is this actually normal? You know, and you kind of have to yeah. rewire your brain a little bit. So it seems like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. But as you start really looking at it logically, it's actually pretty simple. I think culture has complicated exactly. it a lot because we're trying to make all these man-made eggs and fake everything, you know. Um, <laughs> it's just, I still can't yes. get over that. I'm sorry, my brain is still <laughs> stuck on this freaking egg. Um, <laughs> okay, but one thing. Like kind of, I think in tandem with that, I want to talk about is this kind of like trend toward dairy-free, gluten-free, sugar-free, like everything free, but then it's like full of like inflammatory seed oils and there's nobody, (laughs) nobody saying inflammatory seed oil free, you know, but everything else is bad. So I want to first start with sugar because a lot of people are concerned about sugar and really actively try to avoid it, even opting for sugar substitutes and things like sugar-free items. Can we Mm -hmm. dig into this a little bit? What are the benefits of sugar? And what do you mean when you refer to sugar, like real versus fake sugar, if that makes sense? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question. It gets people really fired up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It got me fired up Mm -hmm. too. In the past, I was one of those like totally anti-sugar people. But one thing I say just about free, you put free after anything, dairy-free, sugar-free, whatever, Mm -hmm. nothing is free about it. Your health is going to pay the price, right? Mm So we got ourselves into this sugar... Sugar-free is like the new fat-free from like, Mm -hmm. you know, the the 70s or 80s or -hmm. whatever. But we have completely lost touch of sugar's role in the diet. And before I dive into this, I always want to clarify for all the people that could potentially be getting upset about this. I'm not talking about like pouring tons of processed white sugar into your drinks or things like that or soda or any of that. I'm talking about foods that naturally contain sugar like fruit, honey, maple syrup, and even cane sugar. God God absolutely did create that. He created the sugar mm-hmm. cane plant, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about it in the context of like Twix bars. Mm-hmm. Don't don't go pounding the Twix bars. Yeah. That's not that's not the point. Yeah. But no, there are there are endless benefits of sugar. So first of all, your liver absolutely needs it. And your liver is one of your most important organs when it comes to hormonal balance, mm-hmm. healthy detoxification, mm-hmm. blood sugar regulation and all that stuff. So your liver needs glucose. Mm-hmm. One of the first things people will say in the anti-sugar argument is that it damages the liver. And my mind is just 
as blown as yours mind was over the egg thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. The liver literally needs glucose to function. Yeah. So I don't understand that argument at all. The cell's preferred source of fuel is also sugar. And if you're not giving your body the sugar that it needs, mm-hmm. your body will only burn fat and protein for fuel through a process known as gluconeogenesis, mm-hmm. which basically is just your uh, liver breaking down those those forms of food and turning them into sugar. So it can turn protein into glucose, but it's very, very harmful on your body. And it requires like this gymnastics routine for your body to be Mm -hmm. able to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, so you're burning your own fat stores. And then when you run out of your fat stores, if you're still not eating enough sugar, you're going to start to break down your organs. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's it's harmful to go without sugar. And then sugar is anti-inflammatory. It fights infection. It regulates stress responses. And that's the opposite of what we've been told. You know, like we've been told sugar and dairy are inflammatory. Now, I uh-huh. think the form in which we're consuming that is important. Like, yes, eating a bunch of Twix bars yeah. would probably be inflammatory to your body. But eating like raw, natural forms of sugar is a totally different conversation. Yes. And that's what I think people get so confused on. We've just cat- we've lumped everything sugar into one box and said, that's bad. Yes. Whereas you almost – and same thing with eggs, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. yes, there's problems with conventionally farm eggs. They can be problematic to our body. But just lumping all eggs into that category and saying, therefore, all eggs are bad. Like we miss the actually nutrient-dense nutrient and beneficial yes. forms of that, like the the sugar and the, and the eggs that got originally designed. Absolutely. And you bring up such a good point on that. One of the biggest problems with sugar is when it's consumed in conjunction with PUFAs or polyunsaturated uh-huh. fatty acids. So that is what, if you're eating high amounts of sugar and high amounts of PUFAs, that is what's going to lead to weight gain. That's going to be what impairs your metabolism. Can so you, explain you are what exactly a PUFA right. Is? So you said polyunsaturated <laughs> fatty acids. So like, what would that look like yeah. on a label? Or what is that? What is an example of that for someone who's like, a what? <laughs> Yeah. So PUFA does stand for polyunsaturated fatty acid. So to start off, just to kind of explain, there are three different types of fatty acids. So there's saturated fats like butter and animal fats. Mm -hmm. There's monounsaturated like avocado oil. And then there's polyunsaturated, Mm -hmm. which are the vegetable oils, canola oil, soybean oil, nuts, seeds. (laughs) All of those are PUFA-rich foods. Mm -hmm. And what PUFAs are, are just unstable fatty acids, which means they oxidize when they're exposed to light or heat or oxygen. And that can lead to an increase in free radicals, which are basically just unstable atoms that can damage cells and cause illness and inflammation and all that Mm -hmm. lovely stuff that we're trying to Mm -hmm. avoid. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing is that they become toxic when they're exposed to heat. And we always have to remember our human body is at a nice temperate 98.6 degrees, right? So that's a pretty hot environment. Mm -hmm. So you put PUFAs into that, they're going to oxidize and they're going to cause all that damage. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, They also act like estrogen in the body. And as Mm -hmm. both of us know, estrogen dominance with endometriosis and hormonal acne and all that stuff, that's a huge, Mm -hmm. huge struggle for most women and men. Mm -hmm. I never want to forget the men. They're suffering just as much as we are from estrogen dominance. Mm -hmm. But yeah, poopas behave like estrogen in the body. They deplete vitamin E, which is very necessary for fertility. Mm -hmm. They downregulate thyroid function. They decrease the metabolic rate. They interfere with blood sugar regulation and so much more. So again, they're not something you want to be pounding every single day, but we also live our life. When you go out to a restaurant, you're probably going to have your food cooked in seed oils. And I never want to be that person that's like, never eat a poofa again. You know, we, we're humans and sometimes the enjoyment that we get outweighs 
the negative impacts, but absolutely in your home, I would highly recommend reducing Mm -hmm. your increase of poop of like the vegetable oils can go, the nuts and seeds can go, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Have you ever wanted to live a little bit more of a natural and holistic lifestyle for the sake of your well-being and your family's well-being, as well as to be a little bit more self-sustaining, but just felt really confused on where to start, especially if you can't just like up and move to a farm tomorrow? Look, when I first started my holistic wellness journey, I remember I felt so overwhelmed. There's so much information all over the internet nowadays, and it's so hard to discern and to know which brands are truly clean and how do I source food locally and where do I even begin with all this stuff, especially if I have a busy life and I live maybe in an apartment or a suburban life or I just don't have like goats in my backyard to go milk, you know, like how how do I do this? And um, it can be really overwhelming. So what I did is I wanted to take the guesswork out of it for you because I think one of the biggest things that holds so many of us back is not only the financial side of it and the worry that it's going to be more expensive, but also the time. Most of us don't have months or years to invest in researching and reading labels and figuring out how to do that and doing all this research on our own. So we just don't and we kind of get stuck. So what I wanted to do is create a quick start guide for you. And it's called the Lifestyle Overhaul Guide. It is a step-by-step quick start guide to living a more natural and sustainable life. And it is laid out in a step-by-step format. It covers everything from budgeting for these changes to really reducing stress and creating a more sustainable schedule and lifestyle in terms of your time to cleaning up the products in your home and reducing your toxin burden, how to really start with that and what to prioritize and how to do that in a budget-friendly way to sourcing more food locally, shortening your supply chain, being less reliant on the grocery store and big food systems and starting to really use the resources in your local community. I'm giving you all the best resources on how to find those things, how to source those things and how to get started right where you are. So if that sounds like something you need, you can tap the link in the show notes on this episode or just go to jordanleedooley.com slash lifestyle dash overhaul to check out all the details and grab yourself a copy. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for- 
one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. So you were saying that sugar in conjunction with that is really where things get mm-hmm. sticky. So can we now go yeah. back to that piece of the conversation? Just because now that we all know what a poofa is, <laughs> I want to kind yeah. of like circle back to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just back to the benefits of sugar. There's God designed it. It's there for a reason. It should be consumed, obviously, in conjunction with protein and fat to help mm-hmm. balance your blood sugar. It should be consumed without poofas, and it should never be consumed in excess. Like anything in excess is going to be bad, right? Mm -hmm. Too much water is bad. Too much beef liver is bad. Anything too much is going to be bad. So I always want to bring that point home because sometimes people also hear this and think that it's just a free for all on sugar. Mm. And I just want to make that a clear point that you're not just going to be pounding sugar. You want to eat it responsibly, just like you would want to do with anything else. But there are so many benefits. And again, it's just easy to digest and bioavailable. Mm-hmm. It immediately supplies our cells and our bodies with energy that it needs to function. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Thank you for breaking that down. Okay. So yeah. I want to now move into the gluten conversation. Oh, because <laughs> I, I think it's important to touch on like, why is gluten an issue for many people? And what yes. role does glyphosate in the processing of gluten play into that? Yes. Okay. So Gluten, (laughs) I actually made a post about this last year and I did not realize how much it was going to upset people. But (laughs) my whole thing with like gluten, celiac, gluten intolerance, all those things is that the Lord can provide healing for all of that. And when I said that, the celiacs got very upset. Mm. They were like, I have this for the rest of my life. Mm. And I'm like, you know, maybe, Mm -hmm. but I think that God can provide healing and I think that there's a better way. So Mm. to start with the argument on glyphosate, so Mm. there's a whole, I don't know what you want to call it, like tagline movement thing out there that says it's not the gluten, it's the glyphosate. Mm -hmm. For people who are not aware, glyphosate is the main ingredient in the herbicide Roundup, which is sprayed Mm -hmm. on like pretty much everything and sprayed heavily on Mm -hmm. uh, wheat crops Mm -hmm. in the United States. So glyphosate is, it causes a ton of damage and there's been so many studies done on it, but it's basically been known to increase an overgrowth of pathogens in the intestines that uh, decrease beneficial microbiome bacteria. It impairs serotonin signaling. Mm -hmm. And it's just this, it's, causes so many problems. So people that they're eating gluten and having problems are like, oh, it's the gluten. Mm -hmm. And maybe there are people that do react to gluten, Mm -hmm. but I would say it's probably the glyphosate and it's probably the form of the gluten that you're consuming, right? Because there's so many different forms. There's just regular wheat flour. If you just Mm -hmm. go to the store and you buy a bag of regular wheat flour, it's going to be enriched. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a bunch of synthetic vitamins in there. Mm -hmm. It's going to be not organic. It's going to be bleached a lot of the time too. Mm -hmm. And then if you're not preparing it properly, which in my opinion is the fermentation process in sourdough, Mm -hmm. which is the kind of bread that I make for my family, Mm -hmm. you're going to definitely stand a chance of having a lot of problems Mm -hmm. from it. So Mm -hmm. 
that is where glyphosate just plays in because all of these symptoms of glyphosate consumption are a lot of the same symptoms that people relate to having gluten issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's a really important, I think, explanation for anyone. Because personally, like I went pretty gluten-free for a while and now I'm like, Mm -hmm. I reduce gluten intake, but I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. avoid it because I eat like fermented sourdough, you know? Yeah. And so it's like hard to say I'm completely gluten-free now, but I try to avoid it in like Mm -hmm. it's more generic processed forms of like what you'd find at the grocery store kind of thing. It's because of that reason, but it's important because I think the same is true. I want to make sure I'm saying this properly because obviously I'm not the expert, but isn't the same about glyphosate true with like oats as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of people oh, are avoiding yeah. gluten, but then they're mm-hmm. consuming and downing oats in like massive quantities. And there's nothing yes. wrong with some oats occasionally, but it's almost like you're also getting a lot of glyphosate there too. Absolutely. Oh my God. You can get it anywhere. Fruit, mm-hmm. you can get it from, you can get it from meat. If mm-hmm. your meat was eating uh, glyphosate, sprayed grains, which any conventional meat is going to be eating that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's actually a huge problem. And there's a quote I posted a while ago. I can't remember specifically what it was, but I think if you you eat organic for one week, Mm -hmm. it reduces the amount of glyphosate in your body by like 60%. I I mean, it just immediately improves the mm-hmm. environment of mm-hmm. your body. So wow. yeah, it's, it's, uh, again, right. Another thing that we're doing that's messing with God's mm-hmm. original design and creation and plan mm-hmm. by spraying our food and spraying the heck out of yeah. our crops and our soil. And then it causes soil damage mm-hmm. and it's just this whole thing. Yeah. Vicious so. cycle for sure. Okay. Let's talk Absolutely. on the dairy free trend per- per- really quickly. Oh, so oh, yeah. why has dairy been demonized and, and how does the sourcing and type and quality of dairy make a difference? Yes. So this one is so fascinating to me because I, I, you probably feel the same way. I feel like dairy is attacked by almost every group. Uh-huh. Of, of health, uh-huh. anyone in the health space, right? Yeah. So it's attacked by just conventional nutrition. It's attacked by holistic nutrition, like the paleo space is very against it because mm-hmm. they say it's mucus producing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the vegans are against it because it's an animal product. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just attacked from every angle. And it's just no wonder why everyone in their mom seems to be dairy free these mm-hmm. days. So the biggest thing with dairy is, first of all, quality, like you just brought up, mm-hmm. and also your health, right? So if you have leaky gut, if you have intestinal permeability, yeah, dairy is going to bother you. Mm-hmm. And so are most other foods because mm-hmm. your gut is not a sealed off environment from your body. It's leaking into your bloodstream and causing all sorts of issues. So yeah, dairy is going to cause issues if that's your mm-hmm. the state of your body. Mm-hmm. So it's always just so important to dive into that and just be like, well, what what kind of, what are, what are we dealing with here? Mm -hmm. Because just saying point blank dairy causes mucus. Um, no, it doesn't Mm -hmm. unless you are having a compromised issue in your Mm -hmm. system. But to your point, it's all about the quality. Mm -hmm. So there's so many facets of the quality of dairy that is important to remember. Mm -hmm. So number one, uh, most people that are like lactose intolerant or whatever, can't Mm -hmm. tolerate dairy. Most people for most of our lives have been consuming pasteurized dairy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty difficult to even get raw dairy mm-hmm. uh, unless you know how, which we can talk about that in a second. But the thing with pasteurized dairy is that the way they check for successful pasteurization is that all the enzymes have been removed from mm-hmm. the dairy, mm-hmm. which those are the very enzymes we need to right. be able to digest mm-hmm. the dairy. Of course. <laughs> so the irony. <laughs> right. right. Isn't it crazy messing mm-hmm. with God? Huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting how that works mm-hmm. out. But um, 
So you see all these people that are drinking milk and cheese and the the poor quality kind too, mm-hmm. and then popping lactose pills, which are just simply enzymes, mm-hmm. dairy enzymes, digestive enzymes, mm-hmm. which would be in the dairy if we weren't pasteurizing it. Mm-hmm. So again, just messing with God's design and paying the price for that. And then also quality comes in really big too with this. So if you're eating uh, conventional dairy, like you brought up before, you're going to be getting hormones in there. You're going to be getting a uh, higher PUFA content because they're eating a very improper diet of grains, which it, cows should be eating grass. Mm-hmm. And so if it's low quality, it's absolutely going to impact you. And then there's also another facet that's a little bit more minute, but still important, which is the protein structure of the dairy. So A2, A2 dairy is what you want to aim for. And that is going to be from sheep and goat dairy. And some cow dairy is now A2, A2. So you want to make sure if you're getting cow's milk, that it's an A2, because that's just much easier for you to digest. Mm -hmm. So when you just look at it from that perspective of, okay, first of all, what's going on in your body? How How's your gut? And then are you drinking raw milk? Are you drinking high quality milk that was fed a proper diet and lived a proper lifestyle? I I don't think I have worked with anyone that's had that's not been able to reintroduce dairy mm-hmm. into their diet mm-hmm. because it's it's and it's not some miraculous thing I'm doing. It's mm-hmm. just let's heal the condition of your gut and just eat the way God designed dairy to be. And mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. Again, like you said earlier, it's it really is simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. We complicate it so much. But oh, yeah, when yeah. I started like uncovering that about dairy, because all I'd ever heard is dairy's bad, dairy's causing acne, yes. dairy's doing this. Oh, and yeah. it's like dairy, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, especially crappy quality dairy. That's pretty much what we find in most grocery yes. store shelves. Like that can be a trigger to, that can make acne, mm-hmm. you know, flare up more or whatever, but it's oh, usually yeah. not the cause. Like, so removing that, yes. cool, you've removed a trigger, but the second anything, if you reintroduce that without actually healing the root issue, it's probably um, going to be a problem. But one yes. thing I want to touch on is, you know, somebody might be listening to this and being like, okay, well, what does quality, like, where do I find quality dairy? Like, how can yes. I source that? Because my mm-hmm. Kroger doesn't really have what it sounds like you're talking mm-hmm. about. So what would you recommend for that? So my favorite resource, if you're looking for raw milk in your area, which Thankfully, there's a lot more sources for raw milk. So if you're looking for that, realmilk.com, you just type in your zip code and you can find uh, places near you that have uh, raw milk. But if you're just looking for brands at your store, my favorite is Kelowna Supernatural. Mm-hmm. There's some other good ones like Alexandre, I think mm-hmm. is one of the brands, uh, is really good as well. So look for those. Those are getting into a lot more stores. And then if you're just like you said, at your Kroger and you're trying to figure out what's best, there is a brand and I, I think it's called Grass Milk that's in most and Maple Hill. They're in most Kroger's. Mm-hmm. They're not the absolute best, but they are. And that's never my goal is mm-hmm. you don't need to switch right to perfection. Mm-hmm. It's just the baby steps, mm-hmm. right? That's so important. Something, so make your next switching, decision a better one is what I always yeah, try to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I'm not trying to create a huge lifestyle change overnight. It's just the little things. Mm-hmm just one step at a time, right? Mm-hmm. So those two brands are always at Kroger that I've seen and they're grass-fed. Um, they are pasteurized because it's illegal to sell raw milk in mm-hmm. stores. But when Kalana is can. low pasteurized, can we yes. briefly touch on that? Because that's probably like the middle ground between what you're finding like conventionally and then like the full-on raw yes. dairy. So let's touch on that Absolutely. just for those who are like, I'm not sure I'm ready to go full-blown full raw or I can't find it near me or whatever. Uh-huh. Let's talk about that as an alternative. I know it's not ideal, but yes. it's much better. 
No, it's fantastic. And that's a great question because that is the reality of what most people can mm-hmm. can get. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome. So Kelowna's uh, slogan is almost raw. Mm-hmm. And what I love about them is there's so much more to milk than just raw. Like if mm-hmm. you go to Kroger and you buy your cheapest mm-hmm. milk that you can find, it's going to be homogenized, mm-hmm. which means they like blend it all together because people don't want that layer of cream at mm-hmm. the top. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be homogenized. It's going to be pasteurized. And there's usually going to be vitamins added, which you don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's amazing about Kelowna is it's low vat pasteurized. So it's pasteurized at a low temperature, mm-hmm. the lowest possible temperature. And it's, and it's not longer, like, right? Like the yes, amount of time. Yes. So it doesn't have as, it doesn't like totally destroy all the enzymes the same way. Like Absolutely. Where most is like mm-hmm. ultra pasteurized or flash pasteurized. I can't mm-hmm. remember the exact wording for it, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. heated really hot, really fast where theirs is low and slow mm-hmm. at the lowest possible heat to be even mm-hmm. considered pasteurized. Mm-hmm. So they're very careful about that. Not They don't homogenize their products. So mm-hmm. when you buy milk, you're going to see a layer of cream at the top, which mm-hmm. is the best part. And all you have to do is shake it. It's not that hard. Yeah. And then all of their products are grass-fed, organic. The company is amazing. They're just really nice people, which is huge for me mm-hmm. to just be able to support people that care so much mm-hmm. about their product and what they're offering to people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could honestly rave about them forever. But they also have other great stuff. They have sour cream, which is the sour cream I buy. They have cottage cheese. Mm -hmm. I buy all of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so great question because that's... And you can find that at almost any natural store. So Whole Foods will have it, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff. Yeah. And I've even been able to order it like on Amazon, like to order... Amazon itself doesn't sell it, but you know how Amazon has like the grocery delivery. So if you have like a fresh time or a Whole Foods near you, usually you can find it and you can even have it delivered via like Amazon's grocery service. So just something to keep in mind. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Like this doesn't have to be hard, hard. You just have to be a little bit more aware and intentional. You know, it's like you can still use some of the convenience like of grocery delivery if you want to, you know, but you Mm -hmm. can just be aware of what are the better options. You know, I feel like there's a million more questions about this, but um, (laughs) I think, you know, for kind of going back to the the PUFAS conversation, Mm -hmm. where are these often found? Because I think this is something else where it's like, okay, I can understand the problem with them, but where should I be looking for them? Where are they often found? Yeah. So that is such a good question. And uh, the problem with this and why people can get really overwhelmed with this is they're honestly everywhere. Mm -hmm. They are everywhere. They are in the kind of common things that you would think of like vegetable oil. Mm -hmm. It's just a straight up poopa. So easiest thing you can do is just start cooking with butter or Mm -hmm. coconut oil or something like that. But yeah, they are sadly everywhere. They're Mm -hmm. in all the organic snack products, Mm -hmm. dessert products, of course, all the conventional uh, products. And then they're even in weird places like, uh, what is that? Oatly. Oat mm-hmm. milk. Yep. I know that that was like all the rage for a while. Mm-hmm. And every have, coffee shop freaking uses them. <laughs> every coffee uh-huh. shop. And it's crazy how you now have to specify that you want real milk. Mm-hmm. And then they, they're like, really? Real? And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Whole milk, please. Yeah. And it's <laughs> probably not the best of the deal. best in terms of um, it's like not. compared to, it's probably conventional, but that probably it's compared totally. to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the whole 80-20 life balance, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be telling people you can never go get a latte again. Right, right. right. Unless you make <laughs> um, it at home. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's true. It's going to be conventional mm-hmm. unless you're going to like some amazing little small family-owned mm-hmm. coffee shop mm-hmm. type of situation. But yeah, the uh, Oatly oat milk, I think, has more poofas because it has, I want to say rapeseed oil in it or something mm-hmm. um it has more poofa content than like french fries or something i'm i'm probably messing up Love the that. exact statistic but <laughs> right yeah right you're like oh you know and this is what gets people they think mm-hmm. they're going for a good healthy dairy-free substitute 
and they're getting ripped off nutrient wise. And then they're getting a big serving of seed oils mm-hmm. at the same time. So it's like, oh man. So yeah. And that's why people get overwhelmed is they go to the store and they're trying to be conscious and aware. And they're like, dang, this stuff isn't yeah. everything. Yeah. So it's really, and what I love to say to people is, yes, there is going to be a learning curve at the beginning, kind of like what we talked about. It does require more intentionality. It does require really paying attention and betting your ingredients. Mm -hmm. But once you get it, you're good. Mm -hmm. It's not like this thing that you're going to be constantly battling your whole life. There's like a little bit of a learning curve and then you're like so much more aware. Yeah, it's so true. Yes, absolutely. So my biggest suggestion is just be mindful of what you're putting in your cart and just start Mm -hmm. reading ingredient labels. And when you see things like canola, Sunflower oil is a big one because that's what the health space uses Mm -hmm. because they know that we know canola oil isn't great. Mm -hmm. So then they switch it to uh, sunflower oil, which Mm -hmm. has even more PUFA content. And it's the same thing, Mm -hmm. essentially. It just sounds healthier, right? Right. Because you're talking about (laughs) a flower. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we're used to eating sunflower seeds and stuff like that. But yeah, so just just start to look. It is sadly in everything. It's, I've seen them in ice creams. I've seen them in chips, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Seen them in anything you can think of pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So it's just being mindful is a huge first step. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so one other thing I want to talk about is what we drink. Like all that we consume mm-hmm. is important. And we've been talking a lot about food, but I think it's just important to be just as important to be intentional about what we drink. So what mm-hmm. are some of your favorite ways to nourish your body when it comes to your drinks instead of just plain water? Yeah, that is a great thing to bring up because that's another thing we've been told, right? Like Mm -hmm. when (laughs) that, do you remember that time period? I mean, I guess this is probably still going on, but drinking a gallon of water a day was the gold Uh standard. Uh Everyone was trying to drink a gallon. There were those water bottles that said like, you're almost there. You can do it. It had all the encouraging stuff on it. And Mm -hmm. I, the idea behind it, I get, I get it. But the problem with just plain water is that most of the water we're drinking because it's tap water or it's filtered tap water, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. There's no mineral content to it. Mm -hmm. So what we're actually doing is we're just chugging all of this liquid Mm -hmm. that's just depleting us of minerals because we're just peeing our minerals out. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing we want to do is make sure we're remineralizing our waters Mm -hmm. and that we're also drinking mineral rich beverages besides Mm -hmm. just water. So when I personally drink water, I always add a pinch of sea salt Mm -hmm. and I do add trace mineral drops and I do add lemon. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my little concoction when I have uh, water. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first thing in the morning, I do have a hydration bomb is what I call it, which has Mm -hmm. water, salt, lemon, uh, trace mineral drops, chlorophyll, which is a good source of copper. Mm -hmm. And then I add allergies juice for potassium. You can't do that when you're pregnant. So for you and anyone else listening to this, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, you have to wait. Um, But allergies is a fantastic source of potassium, like very, very rich. And for also anyone with constipation, it can be very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's my little morning concoction I have. And then I love to have teas throughout the day. And I usually rotate between dandelion, nettle, which are super supportive to the liver, and then red raspberry leaf, Mm -hmm. especially as I get closer to my period for Mm -hmm. hormonal support and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And then adrenal cocktails, which if you're not familiar with, is basically just a mixture of coconut water and orange juice, Mm -hmm. or just I have them separately sometimes by themselves, Mm -hmm. and uh, cream of tartar, which is a good source of potassium and salt. Mm -hmm. So, And they're delicious. I'm sure you've had them, right? Yeah, but I've never done the cream of tartar. I've always done like coconut. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, because it just sounds gross to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It probably isn't. But what I've always done is I've done orange juice, coconut water, or coconut cream, and then like sea salt. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'll throw in like a little bit of trace minerals or something just to kind of get a little extra. 
but I've never actually yeah. done it with the cream of tartar because that weirds me out for some reason. <laughs> Maybe I need to get over that. But Well, it's so funny when you first tell someone cream of tartar, they're like, what? Yeah. Because I think they think tartar sauce. Yeah, true. I actually, that's like, probably no, why, what I'm thinking, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, honestly, I probably need to try need this. It. What you're doing is great. What well, you're doing is fantastic. Well, in the coconut, you know, with the coconut cream, you're getting like a little more of a creamy like experience. Than, yes. You know, so it's that like it kind of. sickle. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or I've done like a little bit of like vanilla collagen, like a high quality collagen. Yes. I'll, t- I'll put in uh-huh. there too. So if you want it to be a little bit sweeter, which is definitely like my preference. Um, yes. That might be an option too. But anyway, I yes. just thought I would try that. I need to probably try the cream of tartar, but we're going to wait till after pregnancy because who knows if I yeah, can tolerate it. I, just- <laughs> <laughs> I need to not go outside my comfort zone at this point. But no, just, just stay safe for now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last yeah. thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, that's all. Okay. Well, the last thing I wanted to ask about was toxins in the kitchen because we're talking about food. We're talking about yes. you know nourishing ourselves with so drinks good. and food and all that kind of stuff. But we're also need to be thoughtful about like, well, what are we cooking in and what are we storing our food in? So what are some common sources of toxins in the products that we use for cooking and what easy swaps can we make there? Yes. So when I saw this question, I was like, this is so good because there's so many different things that are sources of toxins in our kitchen. But I will say the biggest one to focus on just to not overwhelm people. First of all, your water. So Whatever your water source is, whether it's well water or tap water, it absolutely should be filtered with a high quality filter for drinking and cooking. So that's a huge one. And then, of course, any vegetable oils or spreads or sprays of any kind, get rid of those. And then a huge one that is so often overlooked is the Teflon pan. Mm-hmm. So those nonstick pans, if you have just a classic nonstick pan, it's probably going to be an aluminum coated mm-hmm. pan. And those are filled with xenoestrogens, which are chemicals that act like estrogen in the body mm-hmm. and they're endocrine disruptors. Mm-hmm. So those are one of the biggest things. I always, when I see my clients are using these, I'm like, I know this might seem like a silly thing, but this is a huge change you can make. Yeah. So yeah. I highly suggest people swapping those out. And a hack that I have for that is if you go to like TJ Maxx or Ross or Marshalls mm-hmm. or any of those, they always have a great selection of stainless steel pans for a good price. Mm-hmm. And you can get them separately or in a set, however, whatever works for you. But that's an easy one. And mm-hmm. then anything that you're using with fragrance. So like no scented candles anywhere in the house Mm -hmm. that are artificially fragranced, but especially in the kitchen. And also, you know how people just will wipe their counters down with like a a really strong germ killing wipe with fragrance, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, anything that's Mm -hmm. near or on your food that could possibly contaminate it with with fragrance or toxins, anything like that. So yeah. those are the biggest ones, yeah. I would say. And a really a swap I really like is um, the Rosie brand from Thrive Market. That's like an easy, like Perfect. safer option. Yes. I mean, there's a ton, but that's just one that I yeah. found to be pretty easy. Yeah, this is also good. And it's, you know, one of those things where you don't have to necessarily change everything overnight. But like, if you can just change out your pans and maybe the, you know, containers yes. you store your food in, that's a great place to start. Yep. Maybe a couple months from now, change out the spray or the the counter cleaner that you're using. You know, it's just like yep. one thing at a time. So yeah. I think it's, you know, it's, sounds like a lot, but it's like, again, just go back to like, what is my body designed to process, you know, and what did God give us to eat and to drink? And how can I make sure I'm just really trying to focus on those things and being a little bit more Mm -hmm. aware of some of the fake stuff that may be in the food that I've just been buying without even realizing it, you know, it's just, it's just an awareness thing and a little bit more intentionality. And then kind of once you get the hang of it, like you said, it does start to just become second nature and you become so much more aware to where it's like, eventually like a year or so down the road it's like this is just how you live like it's so funny my husband yeah. sometimes will bring something home I'm like uh this has seed oils in it he's like oh 
you know, like, and I'm just aware yeah. now and it's not even, and I'm like, every now and then will we still eat it? Maybe, you know, it's not like we're trying to be a hundred percent perfect about it, but exactly. again, you just have, you just naturally find yourself like picking it up and being like, what am I about to put in my body? You know? Um, so anyway, yes. and I love that yes, you mentioned it earlier. second nature. Yes. Yeah. And that you mentioned the 80, 20 principle earlier too is so good. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I love yeah. all of this. This has been so good. I feel like I could, I could ask a million more questions, but let's wrap oh my here. Gosh, I know. <laughs> I'm like, let's try to keep this, this a little concise, but right? I know this is so <laughs> valuable. So where can everyone learn more from you? I know you have a ton of great resources. I know you have a cookbook. Like where can they, if they're like, yeah. okay, I, I need more on this. I want some more guidance. How, where can they find you? Where can they learn more? Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram is where I have pretty much everything. Uh, my handle is at I am Annika Nicole. And I have links for my cookbooks there. I have links for everything there. And then if you're wanting to work one-on-one, I do have a membership with my business partner where we offer affordable lab testing through that membership for anyone wanting to really just hone in on what's going on with their minerals, their hormones, digestion, if they're having a lot of uh, chronic issues there. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for everything that you've shared. This has been so valuable. I love this conversation. Oh, I feel like I'm like, too. just, it's encouraging even when you already know a lot of this stuff to be like reminded and also to get yeah. to relate on like, okay, these are like good things. And I mean, you know, it, it's just, it's encouraging to know like there are options and there's things we can do that are pretty simple. Just take a little bit yeah. of intentionality to improve our, our health and our overall you know nourishment. So thank you for the time. Absolutely. It's been so fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me on. I loved it. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.